and joking too Sipping and roasting is what we do Light them up, drink them down Whiskey and cigars all around Cheers, y'all Well, 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 well Sounds like a party there Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to this fine radio program, podcast and video extravaganza known internationally Hi, as the world famous smoking and toasting. Welcome to show number 305, which puts us officially at the marker that says that we are exactly halfway to 333. And we're looking forward to it. So on today's show, we'll talk about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand rolled cigars, as if that's I love not something things. we would normally do. But that's exactly what we'll do. And uh, today, we're going to be talking about two, two very interesting list uh the best full-bodied cigars for those who like cigars that you know pack a little bit of a punch, a punch yeah. mm -hmm. and then the worst beers in the world i've come across a list of the worst beers in the world so we'll share that list with you and then ian and i will share our top if, they, if that list jogs my world. memory, I'm apt to... You have uh, to change your list up? Yeah. Your, yeah, so, <laughs> you know, that list is funny because uh, we had a couple bad beers on recently, and I was kept meaning to put one of those on, and I and I, I couldn't remember which beer it was. Yeah. I have to go back to it. Anyway. Okay. Uh, it'll be interesting to me to see if there's any commonality between your right. list of worst beers and, and mine. I have a feeling there might be. <laughs> but uh, we'll look forward to it. So, uh, but, you know, the thing with beer is it's kind of like... In a way, it's like sex. It's like, is there any really any such thing as really bad sex? I'm not sure. I suppose there could be. Well, as long as it's mutually consensual. Yeah. I well, think, yeah. That, of course, hey. of course, I meant that. But, but, uh, <laughs> but no. I mean, is it? Well, anyway, uh, it's it's kind of like beer. It's even bad beer is still beer. You know, I wonder if people that that drink the exact same beer over and over every single day also have homogenized their sex life the same way. Oh, I would I would guess it's likely. <laughs> Likely, if not probable, <laughs> uh, but but enough of that. We uh, I, I have something I have something else I, I really have to get off my chest. So I hope you'll indulge me before we get into the cigars and and the booze. It's probably best if I talk about this before we get into the booze. Although we're already open to show, yeah, beer, we're into so. it. But. Uh, I I want to talk about last week. Um, we we wound up. Uh, of course, we did a show. Uh, we were actually going to be. Um, uh, doing a show. Well, no, last week we didn't do a show because of Thanksgiving. And then the yes. day after Thanksgiving is the infamous Black Friday. Yes. And that's what I want to talk about. So black. Black Friday. Uh, it's it's over, people. It's over. Let's just do away with it now. Put it out of its, it's misery. It's literally only there in name anymore. Oh, exactly. So let me let me take you back a few years. Before I did this, uh, I was in the radio business and I did radio morning shows. You remember the goofy morning zoo shows of the 80s? I did oh, yeah. one of those and I did, you know, uh, alternative radio morning show for a number of years. And, and and so when you're doing a morning show, you're always talking about what's going on in the world and, and you know, trying to have fun with it if possible and, 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 you know, take calls about it, whatever. And I remember when I first really you know, started to understand the term Black Friday. It was a day used, it was a term used to describe, and negatively, by the way, the day after Thanksgiving, because it was so crowded and so crazy. And remember, people yeah, would go into stores and they'd get into fights over the, you know, 
10 TVs that were priced at, you know, uh, $20 or whatever. So it was called Black Friday as, oh, man, you got to be really brave to go out and go shopping on Black Friday. The connotation was negative. Then it suddenly became because God knows what Hallmark Cards needs is another made-up holiday so they can sell you more cards, right? Uh, so <laughs> then it became this thing. All of a sudden, everybody was doing Black Friday sales. Oh, uh, our Black Friday sale, you can get this and this and this. And then it became referred to like in the positive, like this Black Friday, Toyota is going all the way to the best sale of the year. Uh, you know, so I I know people, I'm a little ashamed to admit this, but I know people who have stayed overnight. Oh, yeah. It used to you be know, a thing. In a line outside of a store but waiting the, for it to open. There was a reason for that, though, if you don't mind there's me interjecting. A, there's a Best Buy not far from uh, my house. Mm -hmm. And I remember driving by it when I first moved into <clears> the neighborhood, driving by it um, on Thanksgiving evening, coming home from like my sister's on, on house. On the Thursday, home. right? Yeah, and just yeah. passing by it on the freeway and seeing people camped outside of Best Buy. This is what you have to do with your life? Well, there was a reason for that, though. Not that I'm suggesting it was a good one. Go ahead. But the reason was because originally on Black Friday, the store would open up and usually early, right? And the first X number of whatever, flat screen TVs would be at some amazingly low, ridiculous leader price. The yes. idea being trying yes. to drive them, trying to drive the consumers to your store first so they do the rest of their shopping yes, there. Yes, yes. It was like what they call a loss leader, right? Well, the stores couldn't afford to you know, do that on an unlimited basis. So they would put a limit on the number of those TVs or whatever that they would sell at that price. So that was why people camped out. So they'd be in line to actually get the deal before it expired. Let's talk about that for a second. Okay. Let's pretend that your hourly <laughs> worth <laughs> yes. in life is worth, I don't know, $10. Mm -hmm. You're worth $10 an hour. Now, I personally value myself much higher than that. As do But I, I'm going to go yeah. ahead and shoot low. Let's go $10. Let's say, you, you know what? You're feeling happy. You're above minimum wage. Let's go $15. Okay, $15 an hour. You go spend 10 hours in line. Mm -hmm. That is $150 of your time, conservatively speaking. That you just spent. Did you save hundred and fifty dollars on right. that TV? Exactly. Exactly. And if, if you spent but the one thing twelve hours in line, it just goes up. I mean, yeah. Now like, I agree with you wholeheartedly, <laughs> but you do have to understand there are plenty of people in this world with way too much free time on their hands. So where do you get that from? I don't know. I've never and had. If you it. have that I've much always... free time, how do you have the money to buy that right, stuff? Exactly. <laughs> well, you don't unless you get it for a hundred dollars <laughs> off. Um, but, but here's here's the reason that I'm saying. The, the Black Friday is now dead. Oh, it's been gone. Yeah, because go now when you go into the store on Black Friday, not only do they not have those first 100 TVs at, you know, uh, $500 off or whatever, they don't even have any specials that are just for that day anymore. No, because everyone buys stuff online now. Right. And, and companies, uh, I've seen so many ads that have said things like, all November, get our Black Friday prices every day. Yes. So there's no meaning to Black Friday. There's so, there's when the, so many pre-Black pre -black Friday right. deals. Or, or they call it Black Friday, and it starts in October. You it used know? to be called Stormy Monday, you know. Oh, yeah? Is that what it was? <laughs> no. <laughs> well, my point to the whole thing is, it's not special anymore. In no. fact, all of the headlines for this year's Black Friday were that people went out, but the traffic and sales were down. 
based on Black Fridays of the past. Go figure. When you can get the same sales right. the week look. Why would you have to go I, out Christmas on what used stuff. to be this horrible day? It's going to I have a prediction. Within the next few years, Black Friday is going to be the best day to go shopping. Cuz nobody will be yeah, out. Nobody goes out, right? Yeah. Right? Cuz cuz historically it's the worst, right? Yeah, so yeah. Christmas stuff has been out for almost a month now. Mm -hmm. Like right when Halloween went down, it's like Thanksgiving didn't even happen. I don't even remember seeing Thanksgiving stuff in the store. I remember like, the the first Christmas stuff yeah. came out right after Halloween. I remember the, the first TV commercial I saw. I think it was during like a football game or something. Uh, maybe like a preseason football game. First TV commercial I saw that said this holiday season was in August. Yeah. Yeah, that's wrong. That's, That's a, just wrong. But but hey. Putting the cart before the horse, so to speak. I think so. But, you know, <laughs> uh, we won't take up any more of your time on this, but just just remember that I said Black Friday is gone. It's dead. It exists Cyber no Monday more. Monday doesn't even exist anymore. No, it's because, just yeah. sales. Right, exactly. It's sales, and, and those sales have been good all month. Yep. So, uh, I, amazing. I, yeah, yeah. But leave it, leave it to corporate and retail America to take something that used to be a thing and squeeze it for every penny they can oh, yeah. until it's worth. no longer a thing. Yep. You know? Next it'll be something else. I can't believe there's not more Christmas in July sales, but trust me, they're coming. It'll happen. <laughs> That's going to be a thing within the next five years. Guarantee it. So, uh, we have a lot of fun things to talk about today. We have some beers to taste from Klaus Brewing Company right here in our hometown of Houston. We'll be tasting, and I love this name, their Edelweizen. Uh -huh. Yeah, it's their Bavarian-style Hefeweizen from Klaus. I don't know if you've had this before or not. Uh, you know, I've been to the brewery. And I know you have. I've had pretty much everything. All right, all right. So really we'll good. look forward to tasting this out of the can. From uh, Charlottesville, Virginia, and Three Notched Brewing Company, we'll be trying one. their 40-mile IPA. All right. So we'll look forward to that. And then, I'm so excited about this. Anchor Brewing Company from San Francisco, California. Their 2022 Christmas ale is out. Ooh, I haven't we tried that. Have one. it, and it's going to be well. Mm, I, can't wait. I hope it's going to be awesome. And, and then for our uh, spirit today, we're tasting Reservoir Distillery's Hunter and Scott Bourbon Whiskey, which I have here. And as you'll notice, Ian, I have uh, violated the OSHA rules because I have not uh, taken off and the plastic gets uh, or, or cleared the neck. If so, someone gets an aluminum cut from taking that, from yeah, opening that, which would be you since you'll be opening it. No, so, uh, but I appreciate that you're willing I have to, take to take on all the risks, here. the dangerous, uh, the dangerous roles on the show. <laughs> I, I appreciate do it that. on camera. Yeah, very, very good. Uh, we will, of course, uh, be bringing you our little uh, segment of the program that people seem to love called Drinking News. And on today's uh, Drinking News. For our teaser headline, we are just going to say it's another edition of Drinking Escapades. That went over well the first time we did it, so <laughs> I thought we'd try it again. Uh, we'll tell you about some cigars to watch for, a list of 13 strong cigars for the full-bodied smoker, and Ian and I will also share our full-bodied favorites. Yeah. And then, of course, um, I I'm really excited about this, the worst beers in the world. Can't wait. There's got to be a list. number one for everything. Yes, there is. Whether we agree with it or not, and that's half the fun, right? That's why I like watching those, uh, like Watch Mojo videos on YouTube, because the most fun thing is when they get to number one. You go, oh, that shouldn't be number one. Well, the what Watch Mojo thinking? videos are are they're 
those are dialed in at, at the very minimum. Like, oh yeah, like those are called in. Yeah, yeah, but but it's still kind of fun to disagree with the list. Yeah, you know what I mean. That's part, that's part of the fun. So that's why I think I like uh, uh, lists so much. So a lot going on on the show. I'm sure you've had an opportunity to smoke because it's been a little while since we sat down together and talked about it. So uh, across the last couple of weeks. Do you have an opportunity for I anything up, interesting? Uh, this morning, I went out on my patio. A beautiful day today. Oh, gorgeous. Man, so beautiful. Went out on my patio and uh, fired up a Monte Cristo Platinum Series. Oh, nice, Rebuso. nice. Um, Platinum Series has been out since like 2002. It's been <clears> out <throat> a long time. I've had a few of them before, but I've never done a review on them. So I thought I'd sit down and actually think about this one. Uh, and I've always enjoyed them, so I'll go ahead and let that one out, uh, let that cat out of the bag. This is a 5x50 Robusto uh, San Andreas Cubano wrapper, Dominican binder, Dominican, Nicaraguan, and Peruvian filler. Ooh, nice. Yeah. Four different countries uh, coming together on that one. Uh, the appearance, rich, medium brown wrapper, veiny and leathery to the touch, somewhat oily, uh, dual bands. It has the uh, Monte Cristo band in silver, and then the... Uh, platinum series i guess it's not silver it's platinum mm. uh band and uh with a firm overall <laughs> feel um the pre-light sniff on this i got earth and barnyard and then at the foot of it i got hints of coffee and dark fruit um i used a uh a, a plug on or i used a um a, a, a punch plunge thank you I, I wrote the word plug for one reason for but you used reason. a punch i used a punch okay and it was plugged okay <laughs> That's why. <laughs> so it was a pug. Easy. Words, words a, is hard. That's a pug, I think. A pug. <laughs> so I, I used a punch, and uh, it punched beautifully, and I went to draw, and I got no draw whatsoever. Mm. It was like, oh, that, like I didn't I even when punch that happens. it. Now, well, did you have a poker? Do you have something you were No, I just used a clip instead. And oh, okay. It, and and it worked. had a nice light draw as soon okay. as I clipped it. So Good. no problems. And, and I, don't, I don't foul them for that one. It's a little weird. As long as you can get it going. But no draw, no draw at all with the punch. That was bizarre. Mm. Um, uh, when I used a clip, it had a light draw to it, fruity and sweet with coffee and rich earth, underlying nuttiness and minerality. A lot going on just without even lighting it. Uh, firing it up, I got salty and leathery, uh, earthy and sweet with a touch of pepper. The retro hail is sweet and nutty. Um, this is really nice right off the bat. Mm. Uh, the first third of this is Platinum Series takes stage. <laughs> the show begins with a woody and fruity number leading directly into a sweet and creamy background going on to finish the set with a bit of nuttiness. Retro Hale's woody and sweet, solid ash, uneven burn. Mm. Now, that being said, the uneven burn, I think, was mostly my fault because I accidentally scorched one uh, one part of the cigar when I was... I did, I've done that, yeah. <laughs> when I was lighting mm -hmm. it. So. But I didn't correct it. I, I thought to myself, you know, let's see how good the Monte Cristo is. Mm-hmm. The second third set two begins with a bit of salt and raisin two star uh, crossed flavors never meant to be together yet find an easy relationship <laughs> along with the other dark fruit and woody notes with no conflict uh, sweet and creamy background is the underlying theme closing the set with mineral and a kiss of pepper retro hail is woody and sweet solid ash good burn mm -hmm. <laughs> I got a chuckle out of you. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> uh, three, uh, the last third of this last set begins a bit more spicy. Pepper rants up and uh, adds hearty and meaty notes to the overall theme of salt, raisin, dark fruit, leather, wood, mineral, and cream. Closing the show on a medium to full strength. Solid ash, perfect burn by the okay, end. So it went from being a little uneven to being Correcting good. Correcting itself, yeah. To being perfect. Yeah, yeah. Love it, it just corrected itself perfectly. Love it. I smoked this thing down to like my thumbnail. And by the way, my thumbnail on the picture has a little uh, uh, a black uh, stain <laughs> under it because I was staining a, a guitar neck 
earlier. Oh, this that's weekend. not from the cigar. <laughs> no. Okay, good, good to know. Because <laughs> I was grubbing uh, around in the dirt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's some lovely filth over here. Um, anyway, uh, the price to quality. You can buy this cigar pretty much wherever at about eleven dollars. Okay, between eleven and eleven and a half dollars, I think. Um, it's a good cigar. Five and a half. Um, oh, nice. Five and a half, 100%. Is a On good the price cigar. to quality scale. I did not buy it at $11. I got it at $3. Ooh. On a cigar bid. Oh, nice. So at, that $3, makes it, at $3, it's yeah. a nine. Yeah, well, it sure. It is a 100% yeah. nine. So a great cigar uh, that's that's worth it, plus yeah. at 11 if you can yeah, get it on a cigar you, bid for three, if you Ooh-hoo. see that now, keep in mind this is this is full flavor. Well, it's the big side of medium to, mm-hmm. uh, to the small side of full. It is a pretty big flavored cigar, especially for Monte Cristo. And um, so, if you see this at eleven dollars, buy it and try it. It's great. It's worth mm-hmm. every penny. Maybe worth a little more. If you see it on cigar bid <laughs> and you can get it for three to four dollars a cigar, yeah, yeah, that sounds great. It is unbelievable at that price. Now, how patient did you have to be to find that good of a deal on cigar? Bed? You know, it's uh, I have a kind of a, a zen kind of uh, outlook when <laughs> it always, comes to cigar. But I just put my bid in. I go, this is how much I can actually spend. Yeah. And, and if, if lose, it exceeds that, I just I don't even think about it twice. Yep, I don't go, yep. oh man, I wish I could have or right, I should. Right, I, don't, I, I don't stress I, it. I'm gonna spend more to to make sure I get it. Right, exactly. Yeah, when you're selling, that's what you hope people do. But when you're buying, right? Yeah, don't yeah. care so much. Yeah, exactly. Well, I had a, a very interesting cigar uh, this week, and uh, this is going to shock you. You won't see this coming. I smoked an AJ Fernandez cigar. That's to bizarre. Talk about today. I know, I know. Way, 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 way AJ left guy. field. Uh, <laughs> I am a fanboy, but I came across an AJ Fernandez cigar that I was not, uh, that I had not tried. So I, I had to. And so I'm going to share that with you. It's the AJ Fernandez New World Dorado Robusto. Oh. And the Dorado is the latest addition to AJ's excellent New World line of cigars. Most of the tobacco used in the blend, is grown at AJ's Dorado Farm in Nicaragua. Uh, Thus the name of the cigar. Dorado means golden. And there is a kind of a golden hue to the color of the tobacco on this one. But I think the Dorado reference is really about, apparently, the kind of unusual color of the soil at this Ah. particular farm has a sort of a golden hue to it. So I think that's where it came named from. It's a very pretty cigar. Box pressed, uh, smooth wrapper, no bumps or soft spots, and a nice golden band that still, despite being kind of big, uh, manages to be understated at the same time. It's it's very classy. Uh, the Dorado is rolled using a sun-grown Nicaraguan Habano wrapper with binder and filler tobaccos from Nicaragua. So it is a Nicaraguan Puro, and much of the tobacco is all from this one farm. There was a little bit of cocoa on the palate from the pre-light sniff. I also got a barnyard note. And what struck me as just a very well-aged tobacco uh, flavor or note. Uh, The cold draw backed that up as well, along with a dried fruit or raisin note. The Robusto is actually, you'll see it here in the picture uh, over there. Ah. Uh, uh, It's actually almost like more of a Toro in size. But it's very lightweight. Uh, I can't help but thinking that maybe other... Cigars this size usually feel like they weigh a little more in your hand. <laughs> I don't know. That, that may be just something weird. But uh, anyway, I used a punch. I lit the foot with a torch, and I got busy smoking the New World Dorado. Now, given the all-Nicaraguan makeup of the cigar and my previous experience with other sticks in the New World line, I was expecting a pretty substantial Nicaraguan pepper yes, blast. Sir. I didn't get one. What? Yeah. There was pepper on the palate, to be sure. But the first note that really hit me was leather. 
Uh, it was joined very quickly by white pepper, cedar, and earth. But leather led the charge, at least for the first third of the cigar. One of the most interesting aspects of the Dorado was the earthiness. Uh, it joined the palate party pretty early on in the first third, but particularly by the time I hit the second third of the cigar, it was more prevalent, giving the cigar kind of a classic Cuban sort of a, a taste. You said uh, palate party. Yeah. <laughs> AJ's uh, Dias de Gloria line of cigars has been described as a sort of a classic Cuban taste, but I think the Dorado may be a little closer uh, than the Dias de Gloria, in, uh, my, in my opinion. Uh, final third retained the earthy, genuine tobacco note on the palate party. I just said that again because you seem to like it. Uh, and it left a, a tang of red pepper on the lips. Uh, the retrohale gave very similar flavors to just the normal smoking of the cigar, earth, leather, and a touch of pepper. There wasn't a great deal of change as the cigar smoked, went from the first third to the second, uh, first to the second and third third. Uh, but it did have quite a bit of complexity. So it wasn't just a one note thing. Uh, it was complex. It just didn't morph a lot as it went. Uh, suffice to say, if you like this one early, you'll like it all the way through. Nice. It's a good way to say it. Uh, construction, damn near flawless. Uh, box press cigars don't always seem to be able to burn quite as razor sharp as rounded ones in my experience, uh, but the Dorado came pretty close. I tipped the ash about every inch or so, but I have no doubt it could have held on longer if I wasn't so chicken. So um, <laughs> the focus on the tobacco from one particular farm really makes the Dorado an interesting experience. I almost felt like I was learning something about the soil of this particular nice. location. Not that I'm sophisticated enough to really be able to explain that in the way that like a wine guy like a Mark Burrell could explain terroir. Right. But uh, it just gave me that kind of a feeling. And so it was it was kind of an enjoyable extra uh, level uh, to the cigar. Started out medium bodied, uh, moved a bit towards full as it smoked. The Dorado was very interesting. I would recommend it for somebody who's trying to learn to identify flavor notes in a cigar because it doesn't change up on you a whole lot. You'll have a chance to really kind of sit with it and get what you get from the different flavors in it. Um, you know, kind of the same way I'd recommend like a Perdomo Lot 23, yeah. which is a lot of cigar, a lot of tobacco from the same uh, farm, and it gives you a chance. It doesn't change a whole lot. It gives mm -hmm. you a chance to kind of take that earthiness in and really get a feel for what that is like on the palate. Was it my favorite AJ blend? No. But that's a pretty high bar. Yeah. Yeah, because I just I just absolutely love uh, uh, just about everything that he does. The New World Dorado Robusto is a 10 to $11 cigar, and it's worth it. Uh, recommended, especially for a change of pace if you like AJ's blends. Uh, thumbs up and price to quality, I'm going to go with a solid five. Nice. Uh, at that price, you know, it is a Robusto, but it's not a small Robusto. So uh, so worth it. I, I dug it. I enjoyed it. And, you know, I'm going to recommend just about anything from AJ because he's yeah, it's he's hard been to mess. so consistent, but uh, but this was a good this was a good change of pace. I, I liked it a lot. So, all right, let's take a break because when we come back, it's time to start tasting. We got some beers to get into, including Klaus Brewing Company's Edelweizen, which I just like saying, so I'll probably <laughs> say that a lot. Uh, it's their Bavarian style Hefeweizen. We'll get into that next. Plus, uh, uh, some cigars to watch for that are about to hit stores or may already be there. It's smoking and toasting. Welcome back. That's that's such a welcoming sound. 
I love that. You know, you go over to somebody's house. That's one of the first sounds you hear. You're like, yes, yeah, this, this is where I was supposed to be. Thank you very much. Uh, it's Smoking and Toasting. Our program is all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. It's show number 305. And while Ian pours us some Edelweizen from Klaus Brewing uh, right here in our hometown of Houston, let me tell you about a few cigars to watch for. When Rocky Patel's original Edge cigars were released, uh, they had something. they were something of an outlier. In the cigar world, Rocky, in fact, has said, when I came out with The Edge, people laughed at me. He said, a hundred count tray, a cigar with no band. They said it'll never sell. But sell it did. It became one of his best-selling cigars of all time. It quickly gained a very serious following, especially with its wallet-friendly suggested retail price of, at the time, $5. Remember when, yeah. remember when you could get an edge for 5 bucks? Those were like the good old days. Uh, anyway, the, grand, the brand uh, has expanded quite a bit. New sizes, new blends along the way, and they, they don't come in the 100-count crates anymore. And have gotten you know a bit more expensive, but they're offered in seven different lines and now have footbands, which Rocky added in 2006 right. to avoid customer confusion. But now he's releasing an edge anniversary edition. So this will be uh, um, this will be something very different, very interesting. Edge twentieth anniversary, a three size celebratory line that is launching right about now. As a matter of fact, the blend is completely new, consists of an Ecuador Sumatra wrapper that Rocky says is uh, more than ten years old. Underneath, a Honduran broadleaf binder will hold together filler tobacco from Honduras and Panama. It'll be oh. offered in Robusto, Toro, and 60, which is a 60 ring gauge. Right. Uh, in terms of packaging, um, it's a bit of a departure. The boxes aren't rustic, but they're far more refined with finished surfaces and beveled edges and true uh, to its origins. The Edge 20th anniversary is made in Honduras by the Placencias. So they should be shipping to retailers as we speak, actually. So you'll be able to find them uh, pretty quick. So um, I see you're already doing a little research. So let's... Pause the research. cigars to watch for and talk about what you're getting on the Edelweizen. This is <laughs> this is one of the most German tasting beer, German flavored beers ever. And it's interesting because it's a Hefeweizen. So, you know, you expect that in the more Munich lager style, right? But uh, but this is sweet banana, yeah, sweet banana, and yet beer. still you feel like still you need a pretzel. very crisp right? beer. Yeah. yeah. So it's interesting because like. Uh, this is Bavarian style Hefeweizen, and it's got that heffy, uh, weedy kind of. And you know, while there are uh, plenty of breweries that kind of specialize, well, there's plenty of breweries that kind of specialize. Many, you know, specialize in IPAs. Some specialize in sours. Some specialize in really, you know, crazy big beers like Ingenious. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, but these guys seem to specialize. In very much German style, so uh, uh, whole, heavy they don't beer. have an IPA, right? Because that's not a German style beer. They're mm -hmm. they're the only brewery I know of that doesn't have an IPA. Yeah, um, we walk in there and there's no IPA, and that kind of makes me happy. Not because I'm trying to exclude IPA people. It's just that, that I walk into so many breweries, yeah, that almost everything they have is IPA. Right, sure, and so I feel like there's a brewery I can walk in and not have to worry about that. Um mm -hmm. so they have their Doppelbach is fantastic. Mm -hmm. They're uh they have so many good beers. Their um their lager is amazing. Um they have uh so many good beers. Their 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 style is very simple German kind of authentic feel. Straightforward, you, right? Yeah, when you walk in um the tables <clears throat> are all like Big long tables, like you're in a shares. beer hall yeah. in Germany. Yeah, exactly. Um, 
and it's it's real cool. It's a, a small place just on the north side of Houston, Cypress area. Um, and, uh, and and what a cool place. It says uh, right here on the on thing at Klaus Brewing Company, our goal is to bring German beer culture to you. We only use top quality German malt hops and yeast along with all natural brewing uh, and lagering process to give you the most authentic tasting brews possible. No shortcuts are taken. No quality is sacrificed. Enjoy your sip of Germany. Prost. Uh, and I, I got to say, they are fantastic what they do. I haven't had a beer from them that was less than stellar. This is really interesting because I don't get the banana until the finish. Mm. Usually with so, a Hefeweizen, you get the banana like right up front. So I get the sweet from the banana right up front, and I don't recognize it as banana until the finish, but the sweet's up front. And after my first couple sips, then it just tastes then like just, banana. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it and it's, it's just got a very, yeah, it's got, a, and it's such a, such a delicious, and if banana turns you off, it's a weird... It's a weird thing to say it tastes very banana. It has those banana kind of flavors to it, but it doesn't necessarily, it's not like a banana beer. So don't mm -hmm. misunderstand. Right. No, absolutely not. Yeah. It just has a lot of that flavor in the way that like a whiskey can be very chocolatey or bubble gummy or something like right. that. This Which has a very banana a bubble kind of gum flavor. whiskey. Right. It means it's just got that. <laughs> it's not peanut butter whiskey, yeah, right. people. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, well, uh, I, I think it's delightful. I like it a lot. And do, you, do you suppose peanut butter whiskey and banana beer would go well together? You would think. <laughs> and maybe maybe throw in one of those uh, you know really thick jam milkshake uh, sours. <laughs> right. You know, uh, I, I don't know. No, this is nice, man. Uh, Klaus does it every time. Like, yeah. they, they kill yeah. it. Prost, indeed. Prost. A uh, couple of other cigar things to watch for. Tim Osgener, who we've talked about on the show here before. He's the I just, son. I of, just talked about him recently. Yeah, I had an Osgener cigar. Son of Kano Osgener, who's uh, the founder of CAO Cigars. And he's owner of this new company, Osgener Family Cigars. Mm -hmm. He has shifted production of his debut Bosphorus cigar uh, to... Ernesto Perez Carrillo's Tabacalera La Alianza uh, in the Dominican Republic. Oh, interesting, because so, I just yeah. reviewed that what, last, last yep. show. Yep. Cigars were originally made in Nicaragua at Tabacalera Picardo, and they've been on sale since August. They were the first Agener cigar blend in about 12 years, marking his return to the business. But uh, he and Ernesto are far from strangers. Ernesto and Cano apparently knew each other for years and were very friendly. Uh, so, And they used to even barter back and forth a little bit. Uh, with stuff so anyway um it's a uh, it's a really interesting um uh, change there's going to be tim ostiner says a subtle change to the blend uh, we felt we could actually try to tweak and improve the blend uh which he says will remain medium to full in body so it'll be interesting uh, ian once these cigars start coming out of the dominican republic um if you maybe smoked another one and noticed any difference from the one that you reviewed here uh, just so a week ago. If you ago. remember, I really like that cigar. Uh, I gave it a 4.5, but that's because I chose a small size. Right, and it was a little expensive and, for the small size. And it was a little size. expensive for the small size. And mm -hmm. I should have gone for a bigger size is what I think I'm, I'll do. Uh, but I'll do that. Uh, I'll, I'll pick one up probably in the next week or two and do a bigger size. And Tim maybe... says, by the way, that he and Ernesto are working on several cigar releases from their two companies together. Already working on some other cigar blends, and those will be coming nice. very soon. And finally, Romeo has gone green with envy, at least according to uh, Altatus USA. Uh, the newest released and color of the iconic brand Romeo and Julieta Envy is a limited edition cigar made by the Placencia family in Nicaragua. It's a follow-up to last year's Romeo and Julieta Eternal, and it's coming in December to retailers near you. It's composed of only 
Nicaraguan tobacco and comes in one size called Amulet. It's a $17.50 cigar. It's a 6 by 55 and packaged in glossy green 11-count boxes. Wow. So it could be like something that would look good under the tree, right, for the holidays. Uh, wrapper is a high-priming leaf uh, grown in the Jalapa region that, according to Altatus, uh, has more age than wrappers typically found on Romeo and Julieta uh, cigars. The second band depicts the evil eye, a symbol or an amulet used to ward off any envious impulses. Oh. Yeah, so they're getting creative with this. Uh, only 100,000 cigars are being produced, which is about 10,000 boxes, so if it's something that sounds interesting to you. And Romeo and Julieta has a... Uh, you know, a, a pretty good reputation yeah. established as having very quality cigars. So that's something I'd actually really, really like to try. Mm. This beer, the more I drink it, the more I like it. I like how not carbed it is, too. Right. It, it's not carbonated. It's not highly carbonated. Uh -huh. As a matter of fact, it's very low carbonation in it. But it is still refreshing. Now, see, sometimes mm -hmm. uh, the lower carbonated beers are not quite as refreshing as I would say this one is. No. Yeah. Something about the finish in that banana, it just... Kind of crisp mm -hmm. and finishes uh, finishes very nicely. And then I, I I say this all the time, as someone who loves IPAs and I've tried hundreds and hundreds of IPAs, the generally the easiest mistake I think brewers can make with an IPA is overcarbonating. Over yeah. uh, there are some that, where I might have really loved the flavor, but the carbonation drove me away. It gets distracting. Yeah, yeah. It, it it really does. So um, so I I think it is always impressive. When somebody can use a lot less carbonation, like in this beer, and really give you a chance to 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 you know focus on the flavors, but yet it's still refreshing. It doesn't come across as flat. Now it doesn't come across as like this this beer went flat. It comes across as it's just not. It's meant just to have what a lot it was supposed to be. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I absolutely dig it. Well, it, should we start talking about full bodied cigars? Sure. All right, Cigar World. Which is a uh, pretty respected uh, publication and uh, and a, uh, a website uh, has come up with a list of their ten best full-bodied cigars of 2022. Now, in fairness, these are probably all cigars that either were released or came to prominence in 2022. And when I think of full-bodied cigars, I have a tendency to think like of all time. Right, because right. there's been because there's some great ones that have been around for a long oh, time. Oh, the full body ones that I right. know. Exactly, exactly. And but let's take a look at their <clears throat> list and see what we think. At number ten, uh, they have the Camacho Triple Maduro. Now you know I've talked about that cigar many, many times, mm -hmm. and have loved that cigar over the years. Mm -hmm. That for a while was one of my go-to cigars until their uh, until their uh, quality control tank. Mm -hmm. But it seems to be getting getting back. They say it's full-bodied and brimming with notes of earth, spice, and espresso in every puff. Also smokes forever. Yeah, like it smokes uh, uh, you're so right slow. About that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The number nine full-bodied cigar of 2022, according to Cigar World, the Punch Gran Puro Nicaragua. One of the ultimates, they say, for body and flavor in a cigar. It's a robust Nicaraguan blend that features notes of wood, earth, and nuts. I might have to try that one. Yeah, I have had a lot of different cigars in the punch line. I really like, what's it called, the Knuckle Buster? Yeah. That, that's a really nice cigar. Uh, but uh, I don't know if I've had the Gran Puro Nicaragua. That sounds like something I would like if I saw it on the shelf, you know. Yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd be wanting to try it out, but uh, uh, I may have to try that one as well. Uh, the number eight full-bodied uh, cigar of 2022, according to Cigar World, is the Cane Nub by Oliva, Habano F. 
Short, stout, and sumptuously full-bodied, Cane's Nub Habano F comes draped in a hearty Habano wrapper and provides delicious notes of leather, toast, and coffee. Are you up to speed on the nub, uh, the cane nub F? I've had the cane nub F. That's been out for a while. Mm -hmm. so they're saying 2022 or maybe uh, still so available. I guess, yeah. So I guess they're yeah. maybe this is not necessarily a just. And I like the nub F. Yeah. That's a good cigar. I know you like the nubs in the general. nubs in general. I really like. Like I don't know that there's anything in the line that I don't like. Um, and the cane uh, nubs are interesting because the cane line tends to be a, a mm -hmm. bigger, mm -hmm. fuller, more robust line. But the nub, like the nub. Maduro, like the 464 or the 460, is really, really good. And do you have uh, a favorite uh, nub versus the inch from uh, EP Curio? I think they're kind of different things. Like, yeah. The inch is so good. Yeah. It's it's difficult. Like, I'm such an EPC fan. Yeah. Yeah. They really like, I, I really like, so, so, so I don't think that I've, I've tried <laughs> anything from EPC that I haven't just yeah, loved. I think you're right about that. Like, inch is so good. That is. Man, I, I could go on. The number seven full-bodied cigar of 2022, according to Cigar World, is the Rocky Patel Sun Grown Maduro. Now, that is, that a, is a wonderful good, cigar. Good cigar, yeah. And an easy one to kind of overlook if you're talking about full-bodied. I mean, yes, it is full-bodied, but it's not necessarily what springs to my mind when I think, oh, what great full-bodied cigars do I really Well, like? I always you tend know? to go like to the far extreme of full-bodied. Right, too, exactly, know? exactly. Uh, the Alec Bradley Black Market Esteli is the number six full-bodied uh, cigar of the year, uh, featuring a full-bodied four-country blend of tobaccos. It's complex, luscious, and loaded with notes of earth, pepper, and leather. That is a very good cigar. I like the Black Market a lot. Uh, number five. The Hoya de Nicaragua Ant Antaño, 1970. I, I like that cigar, too. Uh, bursting with notes of leather, spice, and earth, it is a rich, full-bodied cigar and comes draped in a sumptuous Nicaraguan Habano Criollo wrapper. I actually just bought some of these, so I'm, I'm nice. excited about that. Uh, Get the little red um, on the label, uh, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm excited about smoking these. Uh, at number four on the list, the My Father La Opulencia. That's a good one. It, you know, Almost all all of the my fathers that I can think of are pretty full body. Mm -hmm. So I'm trying to think which is there one that I really like the best out of them. Hmm. You know the my father Maduro, yeah, just straight up Maduro. Yeah. Oh, it's wonderful. So good. It's wonderful. Chocolate bomb. Yeah. It is really really wonderful. <laughs> but the uh, Opulenta is a really really good cigar. Uh, they say it's full bodied and box pressed, flawless draw and flavorful notes of cocoa, earth and oak. Number three. The Liga Pravada T52. Both of us have, uh, have reviewed that cigar That's, on the show at separate times. Well. And, and, yeah, reviewed it very well. Wrapped in a glistening Connecticut Habana wrapper, uh, the Liga Pravada T52 features flawless construction and bold notes of cedar and leather. Uh, number two. This ought, to, you know, this ought to work for you. The Padron 1964 Anniversary Series Maduro. Uh, full-bodied, full-flavored, and Nicaraguan. Uh, it's a complete, complex box-press cigar where every puff gives way to notes of cedar, earth, and a sweet caramel finish. So is the 1964 is part of the 1926 series, right? I, I get confused. I think that's how that I works. I think that's right, yeah. Go ahead. Uh, I'll I, talk I, more I get, about I that later. I get confused. But their number one full-bodied cigar of 2022, this surprised me. I don't know that I necessarily think it's wrong. Uh, but their number one was the Davidoff Nicaragua. 
And uh, I reviewed that last year. It's a first for Davidoff because it's an all Nicaraguan tobacco blend that is as complex, they say, as it is unique. It's a 10-year-aged Habano Rosado wrapper. Every perfect puff presents flavorful notes, they say, of coffee, leather, and a floral finish. So, um, yeah, Davidoff Nicaragua. I have not had this. So I uh, I had the box pressed. Fourteen dollars for this uh, robusto five four, five by forty. Oh, it's you know, pretty could pricey. Be, could be worse though, because when you as soon as I say Davidoff, I hear the cash register sound effect. You know what uh, I mean? So here's the funny thing. Uh, I enjoyed it a lot. I gave it a, a price to quality. I gave it a six at fourteen dollars. Oh wow! So uh, I obviously, that's a pretty ragingly good review. Yeah, I, and obviously it was very good. Mm-hmm. So, so, um, so I. You sent Ian a note earlier uh, in the week and said, "Hey, we're going to talk about this list. Why don't you make a? Why don't we each make a list of our three favorite full-bodied cigars, just based on our personal taste and, and because I know we both like full-bodied cigars. Mm-hmm. Uh, my my sort of sweet spot is medium to full, but every now and then you want just a full, just a yeah. Uh, sometimes sometimes you want shaker, that really big. You know? So, um, as you know, uh." The, by our accounting of halfway to 333, that my <laughs> math is sometimes off. So my list of three might look like five. Okay, well, that happens. Uh, but there's a few that I just can't leave off. And so <laughs> let's start. Let's start with. Uh, All is forgiven, my friend. Padrone. Okay. 1926. Yeah. The entire series. Yeah. <laughs> All of them. All of them. <laughs> Except for that one. Yeah. Um, that I reviewed not very well. Um, and that was. Uh, that was the number 60, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the 1926 series, I believe, uh, encompasses the 45th anniversary, the, um, uh, the, uh, 1964 uh, anniversary, all those, mm-hmm. I think it encompasses all those. Um, and so if that's what I mean, like they're all so good. And one of my absolute favorite cigars of all time is that 45th anniversary, which is in that series. Okay? So good. Yeah, so, so good. let's put that up there as, as like, if it's in no particular order, that's probably still one of my number ones. Gotcha. Uh, number two, uh, that Oliva 135th anniversary. Oh, yeah. But it's hard to just say that because that cigar is so good. And that's definitely right at the beginnings of full flavor. Yeah. it's. it's... But that whole Siri V line mm-hmm. that and the Melania, like, they're all in that same range. It's and... funny because I don't think of those as full body because they don't yes, come across with that much punch right. but they really are full body uh, 100% um and so uh but let's go with some obvious ones just to just toss it out there uh LFD mm. I mean I could just say LFD mm-hmm. right but let's point out the uh they don't make it anymore but the triple arrow mm-hmm. oh my gosh that thing was amazing the double arrow is amazing the andalusian bull mm-hmm. um all of those uh, like it's LFD let's just I'm gonna put that one up. Um, the La Gloria Cubana, yep, Siri R, Siri mm-hmm. R is, and very and I like full both uh, the Siri R and the Siri R Maduro. The Siri mm-hmm. R Maduro has been on my uh, uh, on my uh, buy list for a long time now yep. too. Yep, and that's I'll, I'll leave it at that. But there's always so many that I could you know name. Well, I did add a fourth, so I didn't. Have, <laughs> so your I didn't, math isn't I much didn't better. Stay than mine. Exactly at three. Well, it's, it was almost more more like a tie at three, no. to be honest. Uh, my tie at three are both A.J. Fernandez cigars, the regular A.J. Fernandez New World, yeah. the basic blend. It is a full-bodied cigar, and it's so good. And and it's one of those cigars, like, sometimes you're really in the mood for a full-bodied cigar, and sometimes, like, you're kind of. 
if you're really in the mood for a full body, nothing quite seems to work like that New World blend. It's just amazing. So it's just fantastic. So I had a, a kind of maybe an honorable mention with AJ, and that was the Hoyo Black. Oh, and yes. I couldn't decide yeah. if that was a full flavored or if that was just on the big side of medium. Mm-hmm. But go ahead. Uh, the other AJ that I have tied with the New World is the AJ Fernandez Enclave Connecticut Broadleaf. Yeah, that's that a is good just cigar, such a good yeah. cigar, and it really is full bodied, uh, but not in the sense that it will like knock you over. Well, it's like that one thirty five. It's just, it's just yeah. a big flavor. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just not mm-hmm. punchy. Uh, at number two on my list was the Liga Pravada T52. Mm. Hard to, I know it was mm-hmm. on the other list, but just hard not to include that for me. And my number one was the La Flor Dominicana Double Aero, which you mentioned yeah. on your list. So just, good. just hard to so good. hard to go wrong with that. That's just such a yeah. good. Be interested to uh, hear from you guys, maybe in the the show notes or or uh, or any place you can find to post it or email us. Uh, what what do you think are your favorite? Um, you know, I was thinking diesel. But ultimately, they didn't beat out these. I mean, Diesel, you know? Edge, there's so right, many good right. ones. What about uh, the uh, the uh, whole flat top series from uh, Oh, yeah, Camacho. the what Crankshaft, about? or is it the Crankshaft? That's my favorite of the of that. Whole, yeah, they, they uh, had the CAO. Yeah, they had quite a few of them, the spark plug and mm-hmm. all that. They had the, um, yeah, really good the stuff. CAO, not Camacho, sorry. Yeah. There's, yeah, there's so many great ones out there. It's just it's real hard to narrow down to three, but... Those I think are desert island things. Like and and when I say LFD, I mean almost anything. But that yeah. double Lajero that's available now. Well, and is that the, the double Lajero? Which one was the chisel? Because that's what the double Lajero looks like. Is that chisel tip, right? I don't know. But there was one that was actually called the chisel. I well, think, they make one while. called the chisel. Is that still I think available? That's the double Lajero with the chisel shape. With the, okay, that's probably what it is. Same same no. cigar, chisel mm-hmm. chisel shape. Fascinating cigar. It's like not only are we going to load it with like. The strongest Lajero tobacco we can find, but we're going to angle that tip down to a very narrow one so it all hits you. Yeah, in this oh, yeah, one. it is concentrated. Yeah, like, wow, wow. All right, we're going to take a break. We'll be back uh, in just a moment. We still have drinking news on the way. We're still going to talk about the worst beers of all time. And as if that weren't enough, if you're desperate for a World Cup beer in Qatar at the World Cup, we might be able to help you out. We'll uh, oh. be right back. Smoking and toast. <laughs> Welcome back at Smoking and Toasting. Our program's all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand rolled cigars. Oh, I love that sound. While Ian, is, uh, while Ian is pouring our IPA, I'll just mention it's made a lot of news this week that uh, Qatar or Qatar, however you pronounce it, uh, they basically reneged on their uh, $75 million deal. To sell Budweiser at the stadium uh, stadiums for the World Cup games, they they accepted the money and then they went, eh, nah, we don't believe in that. We're not going to do it. And and it wasn't anything to do, oddly enough, with the quality of the beer. It's that it was beer at all that they that they wanted to ban it. So there is a, uh, a USA supporter who is a traveling aerospace salesman named Ed Ball, B A L L, and Ed had initially built this map as a useful guide for himself, but it is blowing up now as people around the world, it's already had over a half a million views from fans who are looking for places that they can drink in Qatar. So if you go to Google and search Ed Ball Beer Map, 
you will find a list of places just in case you're, you know, over there watching the uh, soccer matches. I'm sorry, football matches. Football. Uh, and football. you are uh, looking for a beer. It's a handy map of bars around Doha, which is Qatar's capital, uh, to ensure that supporters don't go thirsty. So thank you, Ed Ball. So well, that's a that's a question right there. Like, mm -hmm. you know how crazy they are about football. Big time. Oh and, my goodness. and then you pour beer on top of that. Yeah. I don't know. Like, there's a scariness to that. Well, yeah, but, but I, I'm not saying that's good business practice. <laughs> I, I get what you're saying, but it's been allowed in soccer and football matches all over the world, everywhere. Yeah. This is more about a religious yeah. thing. So, ah, oh, gotcha. So, um, but so, I just, so, so your religion allows you to take the money for it. Yeah, but but not and to then actually, back up yeah, on yeah, the agreement yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah. I don't know what to say about that. And one. women can't drive or whatever, but hey. This smells amazing. Well, I just actually kind of without thinking about it, took a sip of it and it kind of blew me away. Uh, I thought it was exceptionally good. Holy cow. Three Notched is a brewery out of Charlottesville, Virginia. And I don't believe we've had any of their Ooh. beers on here before. But what a way to open. Uh, this is a really delicious full bodied IPA. This is a fantastic IPA. Holy cow. Oh, it's got. I, I there's so much going on in it uh, right off the top. It's this, very hoppy, but it's not resiny. Uh, see, sense. I was about to say it's got some bitter and resinous uh, aftertaste to it, but in a great way. Like it's got enough sweetness to balance it. It's got enough uh, no, bitter to keep it from being sticky. It's not super juicy. It is a little hazy, but it's not like I'm not getting tons of citrus here. This is more like that. That it almost tastes more like a, a like the first of New pine England cone, IPAs. It's almost like pine nut. That's a good way to put it. Yeah, I it's, like that. It's so good. Mm. Like this is this is like outstanding. Very good. very refreshing. Perfect amount of carbonation. Did you uh, get this local or did you? No, I bought that actually when I was in D.C. visiting oh my gosh. Uh, Adam in the Cloud and his lovely wife Brianna. I would buy this on the way home if. Uh... Yeah, I, I don't. I don't know that it's not available here, but I have not seen it here. This innovative so flagship they... IPA combines citrus, peach, and pineapple flavors with low bitterness and crisp malt body for a refreshing, delicious beer. Mm -hmm. I nailed it. It's so um, well balanced. So well balanced. So three notched, and notched is N-O-T-C-H apostrophe D. Is that yeah, right? Yeah, and it's got the three, uh, like, like the three, like axes. three axes on it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's really so. something. That is out. I wish I'd bought a, a case of those. Yeah, I Good. bet. This so is, when I was there, one of the this things is that one I of did, the best IPAs we've had. One of the things that I did when I was there is I went into uh, one of the big grocery stores, a Wegmans, I think, and they had the little thing at the end of the aisle where you could mix and match mm -hmm. a six pack. So I just looked for beers that I'd never seen, you know, here before. So we can, you know, because we're always looking to, you know, to be able to try beers that are available in other places that may. Or may not be available here. So I came came home with a couple of six packs. I actually had Adam send them to me, and uh, uh, and you know I brought a few of them in. Some of them we've liked better than others. Yeah. But I think this may be one of the better ones uh, that we have tried. That is an outstanding IPA. Proudly brewed and packaged by Three Notch Brewing Company, Charlottesville, Virginia. So very nice. I did go to uh, we did go to a, a brewery. One of the uh, breweries we've had many of their beers. Uh, on the show before while I was there, but we didn't go into Charlottesville, so that's mm. a little further away. But I would love to if they make if they make 
an IPA that's that good in a can. I would Imagine. love to see what that would taste like coming yeah, out of the draft. Yeah, fresh, uh, fresh and right out of the draft. Mm, mm, Man. Fantastic. All right, we're going to savor this a little bit and take a break. We'll be back because we have whiskey to taste. And we whiskey. have uh, another thing to talk about, which is the worst beers in the world. We'll look forward to that conversation <laughs> coming up on Smoking and Toasting. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. It is Smoking and Toasting. Our program's all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. Ian is opening a bottle of whiskey, and I'm going to start in on this list because it's kind of a long one. It has 25 different beers on this list of the worst beers in the world. <laughs> so let's get started. You know, I'm going to be really... I, I have like a the feeling. list. I like that they probably start off. Let's go with the top three. Oh, wait. Yeah. Right. Go, okay, <laughs> top seven. Wait a second. All right, so I'm just going to say... I have a feeling you will have tried a great many of these. So I'll be interested to see what you think of their positions if you have. All right. Starting at number 25, Old Milwaukee. Oh, not good. <laughs> Should it be not. higher on the list than 25? I don't know, man. It's it's so standardly not good that, that it might just be too familiar, you know? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Number 24, Heineken Light. Oh, God, you know, that almost made my list. I almost put it on my list. Well, Heineken Light, right? Heineken Light, specifically yeah. Heineken yeah. Light. Yeah. I almost had it on my list, and then I, <laughs> then I had some other things. Yeah. Uh, at number 23, oh, this is going to piss some people off. At number 23, Corona Extra. <laughs> I can agree with that, though. Yeah, I had a feeling you would agree, but uh, but I, I, I just know a lot of people that like Corona. As, you as, like Corona, Chung? Yeah, he's yeah. as the Spanish would say, Corona es no bueno. Yeah, <laughs> you know they got Snoop Dogg, they got I've Tony exhausted Romo. all of my foreign <laughs> language speaking skills in that well, one sentence. Then this next one may befuddle you. Number twenty-two, Desperados. I've never heard of Desperados. I don't even know what you? it is. Yeah, it's a uh, it's a, an American lager. Bro, uh, oh, it's brewed by Heineken Netherland. Uh, and it's known for its distinctive tequila flavor, it says, God. resulting in an alcohol by volume of 5.9%. I got to tell you, I love tequila and I love beer. I don't even mind drinking them in the same sitting. But I do not want a tequila-flavored beer, nor do I want a beer-flavored tequila. No, and if tequila... They're two different things. As delicious as I think tequila is, if tequila was only 5% <clears throat> by volume, probably leave it alone. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Number 21 on the list is Black Label. Oh, yeah, it's not good. That's made by Pabst, and it's 21 on the list. At number 20, and I've had this one, Tecate Light. Oh, no good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, how are you on regular Tecate? Will you drink one? Uh, if it's the only thing, and God, do not put salt in my beer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, please. Or lime. Number 19 is Kieran Light. Eh. Now, I will enjoy... If it's the only beer around, Kieran's not the worst. Yeah, I will enjoy I a Kieran or a Sapporo. Sapporo is Sapporo, I think, I like better. far, yeah. far With superior. Sushi. With but sushi. that's like, you know, when you're when you're talking about like Mexican beers too, uh instead of instead of uh Corona or Tecate, I mean Modelo is, Modelo is far is superior. Better. Negro yeah. Modelo especially. Negro Modelo is great, actually. Yeah. I, I love that. At number eighteen on the list, Colt forty five malt liquor. Oh. Now now <laughs> 
I, I didn't know malt liquor came I, into yeah, this. I was going to say, I don't think it's fair to include malt liquor on this list because but, otherwise. But I just want to point out otherwise that the beers, be everything from 18 on up. But would the be beers malt that liquor. are lower than Colt 45. Yeah, that's pretty bad. Holy. <laughs> Corona <Batman>. is lower <laughs> than Colt 45. Well, on this and, list. and Heineken Light is. Have you had that stuff? I have. It's, I have. So awful. It makes me want to cuss a little bit. At number 17, Labatt Blue Light. Oh, Labatt Blue, not so bueno. I haven't yeah. had the light. Yeah. Beck's Premier Light is number 16. Oh, Beck's, I'm Beck's big, in general I'm is, not a big fan of Beck's. Beck's yeah. in general is this is not so good. It's like it's like everything you hate about a really skunky IPA and none of the stuff you would love about it. <laughs> it's kind of what Beck's reminds me of. Uh number 15, I was not familiar with this, but I love the name. St. Ides High Gravity Malt oh, Liquor. Oh, St. Ides is bad. Have you had it? It's bad. Yeah, okay. Number 14, and I love this because it's just so simple. Coors Light. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Number Coors 14, Light, don't Coors let Light. it, don't let, dude, the, yeah. the early warning system yeah. on the can. If those mountains ain't blue, <laughs> run for your life. <laughs> yeah. Don't run for the mountains, run for your life. It's awful. Uh, number 13, and I didn't know this was even around anymore, but I remember it uh, from years back. Red Dog. I, is that still there? I don't know. Still Apparently, around? yeah. It's an American lager made by Miller Brewing. And uh, it had its peak of popularity before the 2000s. And it says it's hard to find in stores today. But its manufacturer, the Miller Brewing Company, remains one of America's most significant brewers in operations since 1855. I mean, so. if they're putting malt beverages on there, Zima's got to be on that list oh, somewhere, yeah, right? Well, see, I don't think they should put malt beverage, uh, you know, uh, like malt liquor on here. I just don't think it should be. At number 12. A number of steps higher on the list of worse beers than Corona is Corona Light. <laughs> and they're right about that. Yeah, that was a, you brought that in one day, and that was yeah. not good. That Ooh, was the boy. one you brought in, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah, Corona that was Light. all terrible. Corona Light. Well, we did, in fact, I was talking to my buddy, Steve Robison, uh, who is a very like mainstream mm -hmm. uh, beer drinker, right? He's not into craft stuff that much. Uh, he was like, hey, when are you going to do another light beer taste test? Because you were out uh, when we did the light beer blind taste test, and I invited Steve and Maria Todd in yes, and they to both taste like, it with me. They both they like both the mainstream light beers. beers. Yeah. yeah, so I thought that would be a good balance yeah. to my beer snob, uh, you know. Your uh, beer snobbery. <laughs> yes, exactly. Number 11 on the list is Keystone Light. Keystone. Keystone almost made my list. Yeah. Keystone and Keystone Light are almost indistinguishable from each other, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's right. That's right. And they're much different than stone, which they tried unsuccessfully <laughs> to look like. A stone. Yeah. Can you imagine ordering a beer that you thought was a stone? And you get beer, a Keystone. And you wind up with a Keystone Light. <laughs> uh, and number 10. And I just love that it's this high on the list. It's the 10th worst beer. You're talking about a list that includes, you know, Colt 45 malt liquor. And worse on this list at number 10 is Bud Light. <laughs> now, I always, you know, whenever I see somebody like, drinking a Bud Light, I, I always, and I don't mean this in a snobby way. I mean this in a, like, I want to be helpful to my fellow mankind kind of way. So, yeah, I always want to say to them, there's so much better. The, you remember the old uh, Colt 45 commercials that were on TV? Oh, yeah. Colt 45 did you, malt liquor. Did you? <laughs> I remember the jingle, my friend. Did you ever see it? There was a Saturday Night Live episode that had, uh, what's what's the guy's name? Fred Williamson, I think. Yeah. Uh, was, the, was the actor, and uh, and they did a spoof. Fred, was, are you talking about Fred Armisen? Fred, uh, Fred Armisen? With the glasses? The, no, it was the 70s oh, okay. Okay. 70s uh, black actor that, oh, okay. I, yeah, that I, I did remember. like just tons of stuff. You'd know him if you saw him. I think it's, I thought it was Fred Weiss. Anyway, um, if I'm wrong with the name, 
But they did a spoof commercial, and it was for a, a, for a spoof 25. beer called yeah. Cold Cock. <laughs> oh, yes, I remember that. I have seen that, actually. That's pretty funny. <laughs> Look up that commercial. That's hilarious. <laughs> you can find it on YouTube. Trust me. Number nine on the list is Keystone Premium. Mm. Yeah, who you cares? Gotta know your, you got to know your beer's bad when your premium is higher on the list than your light. <laughs> that's that's a good that's a good How indication bad. you are not bad moving in the right beer? direction. You know, Michelob Ultra has to be on there too. Yeah. Oh well, we'll see. Uh, number eight is Bush Ice. Ugh. Anything Bush with ice, ice after mm-hmm. it, come on. Yeah, uniquely, uh, Bush Ice has a slightly sweet taste, which many drinkers are not fans of. There's got to be a Bud Light ice, ice on there product. too, right. well, or Bud Light Clamato. Jeez, I didn't oh God, like. I didn't even awful. think of all these yeah. until just yeah. now. Yeah. Anytime your beer has a name that sounds like a venereal disease, uh, <laughs> you may not be headed in the right direction. I got I'm Clamato. Here, yeah, take yeah. some of these. <laughs> Does this look infected to you? Uh, at, at number seven on the list is natural ice. Natural. So this ice. would be like the not even natty light. Yeah, this would be like the ice version of natty light. Uh, and number six, making their making them have three entries on this list: Keystone Light. <laughs> so they had the light, the premium, and what was that other one? Keystone something. Keystone. Yeah. Uh, Keystone uh, Lager. It's, it's a terrible beer. Uh, I remember, I remember buying when I was just absolutely broke and living in Los Angeles. I had no money to my name, and I remember the only way I'm going to get beer is to buy like a twenty pack of Keystone Light. I didn't finish it. Oh, jeez. I didn't finish it. it was when that, that that's that kind it's of that bad. bad. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I really wanted beer, and I was broke. I couldn't couldn't even afford to buy Bud Light. You know what I mean? Uh, It was awful. Uh, Number five, Milwaukee's best light. The beast. The best light. The beast. Yeah. Number four, I remember this one, not too fondly, Miller 64. Do you remember that? I vaguely remember that. It was like their attempt to go really super extra light, kind of like the... uh, uh, the they have the sixty four off to the yes, side, yeah, kinda it, it, like in a, in a it had circle. the Miller logo in a sixty four. It was all in a circle. Yep, you remember that. At number three, here it is, my friend, Natty Light. Natty Light. Yep, Natty Light is, uh, of course, made by Anheuser Busch and known fondly uh, to consumers. Actually, called Natural Light, but known fondly to consumers as Natty Light. Number two, I had forgotten about this one. Sharps. No, oh. oh. it's a low alcohol beer. And it's vile. <laughs> it really is. It's not a no alcohol beer. It's a low like alcohol beer. Like a 2% beer. or yeah, 2.5%. Yeah. Uh, uh, so, yeah, it's a uh, uh, low alcohol beers are generally lower in flavor than full bodied ones, but Sharps is disliked for being even less flavorful than its other low calorie <laughs> competitors. So, uh, the beverage premiered in 1989 with Here's Miller some... boasting its patented ever cool brewing process. Here's some barley slurry taste. that's been watered down a little <laughs> bit, sat out a little too long. <laughs> Number one, and I think you're going to get a kick out of this. Number one on their list, all the way at number one. Has it got to be Montucky Cold Snack? Beating out all kinds of crazy beers that are awful. Budweiser Select 55. Oh, that's Do you hilarious. remember when we had that yes. on the show? I brought it in as a mystery beer, remember? Yes. And, and you responded much the same way that this list did, as I recall. Yes, yeah, this is not good. You were just like, at first, you're like, maybe. And then it was like, the next no, drink was what like, is, no. What is happening? No, oh, no, what is going on with my palate? Absolutely not. <laughs> Stop attacking me. I have nightmares about that. I wake it's up like, in sweats. It's like in that Geico commercial where they go up in the attic and discover all those old crumbly mannequins, <laughs> and the guy goes, Nope. 
No, thank you. <laughs> I love that. Uh, so there's that list. Now, you and I each made a list of we our did. top three. We'll see if you stuck to three or not. I don't know if you did. <laughs> Are you ready? <laughs> yep. Worst uh, beers in I, the world, so according the worst to beers, The worst beers that I've personally experienced. Uh-huh. So Montucky Cold Snack is on this list. These are in no particular order, okay? Okay. Montucky Cold Snack is disgusting, and probably because Chris Hart keeps trying to I don't explain understand. to me that it's good. He has good. such it's good taste in so many things. Terrible. But I don't know why he likes the it's Montucky. It's so bad. Yeah. Ugh. It's not good. It is. Uh. Um. Yeah. Big Flats, nineteen oh four. I don't know that I've ever had that. So I don't think it's available anymore. Big Flats was the Walgreens beer. Oh my god, the Walgreens beer. You could buy a six pack for four dollars. Oh my god, wow. Now it was hilarious because That's I bought one and it had this beer. classic like Anheuser Busch looking like a little cabin in the mountains mm -hmm, mm -hmm. looking thing, and it's just called Big Flats nineteen oh four. But keep in mind that the 1904 was part of the name of the beer. It wasn't yeah. like when it was when it was made, established when it was or brewed. anything. <laughs> <laughs> it was part of the name, so as to give it the mystique of being yeah, on. Yeah. And uh, I bought a six pack of it. You know, I I paid my my hard earned four dollars. Yes, of course. Uh, and uh, just for experimental purposes, sheerly for experimental purposes. And I waited until my brother was in town because it was right before Christmas, and I was like, man. I told him I got hyped this beer. I was like, it's supposed to be so good. Here, let's have a sip. So your brother has to know better than to trust you on this. And so and so he cracks his open, I crack my open, and we both take a sip, and I'm trying to keep a straight face, and he's drinking. It's kind of like when I'm a lord. I you? was going to say, this sounds very familiar to me. <laughs> and finally, we were like, okay, can't drink this. It's so bad. It was so, so got off. I mean, we're talking about notes of carpet mold and... <laughs> Dog bed and like dog I mean, bed. that's a, I have not heard that one before. Dog I mean, I'm getting a distinct note of dog bed on the yeah. finish. <laughs> it was it was awful, and it's so funny. We're like, all right, we're chugging it. And, like, we couldn't even chug it. Yeah. Like and the whole thing went to waste. The but retro anyway. hail has a distinctly toenail. Note. And then let me go ahead and tell you uh, my last one on the list. Yeah, I wrote down this thing. Oh, you brought a sample. You actually brought a sample. <laughs> All right, are we trying this? Is yes, this what this you're going to put? This, this, is, is, the, this is the man. This that, is the smoking and toasting version of the man that. I think this me. milk is bad. Yeah. I, you need to smell this. <laughs> I notice you're not showing me the label. Is that on purpose? Oh my God, it's oh. red. <laughs> is this a malt liquor? I have to know. Oh my. And see, we're about to try what should be some delicious whiskey, and you're now going to destroy our palate with this. <laughs> oh, oh! I can't do it. I cannot do it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That is that is that's not right. You are not right, sir. I dare you to put that to your nose, John. Oh my God! It's the worst smelling. Honestly, this makes me crave Malort. No. It makes me crave Malort. I bought what this. What in the hell is that? I bought this because it looked reasonably interesting. It looked. I haven't it's, seen the logo, so this is, but it technically, I think it's a mead, but you can't tell by the smell. Oh my god! Uh, it's a uh, skulls skull and potion mead, six percent alcohol by volume. Um, mead for people who need mead. 
Uh, this was um, we need mead so bad they're willing to drink a skanky. But here's taste the thing: meat. I think it. I think it kind of. <laughs> he's still not recovered over there. Oh, it's <laughs> awful! It's just so bad. Uh, this was made by. Um, where is it? Hold on, it's on here somewhere. Uh, made in Conroe. Oh God! Brewed and packaged by Southern Star. You have got to be kidding I me! Am, it's a very respectable brewery, and they they make incredible beers. How could they make this? Oh my God! Like you can't even get we near must, it. The smell we must have them on the show. Oh, it smells like like <laughs> it smells like it smells vomit. Like, like that's what it smells like, like. Like burnt rubber, like someone skidded through oh. a batch of vomit. I had to move it over there just so I wouldn't be able to smell it. Uh, I'm so glad I didn't take a sip because I'm really excited about this whiskey we're going to try. It's just So and, uh, now you know. That's that's one of the worst things I've tasted. <clears throat> what got you to taste it? Like so I've, Just curiosity? Well, so I, I, I was outside, first off, with the wind blowing and everything, and I cracked it open, so I didn't get that. Oh, okay. Vomitous whiff of it. And uh, I took a sip of it. I was like, what has just happened to my face? (laughs) I get it. I was like, what is going on here? I don't have any idea what's happening. And uh, yeah. yeah. I'm smelling it now from over there. I mean, you know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to take the headphones off and I'm going to carry this out of the room. That's how bad it is. Were you going to get a picture of the can? Literally. Oh, did we get a picture of the no. can? Oh, no. Do you want a picture of the can? Do you? Uh, no. Here. If nothing else, let's show people what to avoid. You see what I brought to it this show? show people what to avoid. This is this is what Ian does to me. This is... Uh, yeah, look, it's all about experience. It you really cannot does. be it allowed really to shop smell. unsupervised again. I'm just saying. It really does smell that bad. Oh. It is so god-awful. All right, John, once you get your shot of that, I'm carrying it out of here. That's a- as a public service <laughs> to the world. Wow. All right, you guys, this is the time we're going to go ahead and take a short break. We'll yeah. be back with our last segment. We'll be back with a little whiskey last and some segments. drinking news. <laughs> and I'll tell you my worst beers of all time, any of which I would gladly drink right now. I this. brought this to my brew club, too. Oh, my God. And they still let you be in it? We'll be right Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. It is smoking and toasting. Okay. Uh, I'd like to issue an official apology. Let's clear the air here. For the ending of that segment. That uh, We have never had anything on the show, a beer or a beverage or anything, that was so bad that we had to cut a segment short so we could carry it out of the room. That was a first. In 305 shows, that was a first. <laughs> and and he malorted me twice, and then we had that rum. What was that rum we had oh, recently that, that, that was uh, so bad that it Mama was Mamawana? Yeah, oh yeah, that was so bad that was like getting malorted all over again. It was bad. This was worse. This was worse. Wait, am I the guy that brings bad stuff? You are the guy that brings. You, I mean, you bring some of the best stuff too. But wow, <laughs> when you swing that way, you swing hard. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Um, it seems very anticlimactic, but I'll go ahead and give you my three worst <laughs> beers of all time. Uh, and I did rank mine. Number three for me was Michelob Ultra. That's no just bueno. because it's just not good. You know, it's beer flavored water. I'd rather not have a beer. 
than have that. I thought about Michelob Ultra, and and just to discuss this for a moment, there's a few beers on that list. And I know some people love it, by the way. There's a few beers on that list that I thought very seriously about, and I thought to myself, it's not that they're that bad. It's that they just don't have flavor. Mm Mm-hmm. There are some beers on that list that are actively bad. Okay, so my two and one are actively bad. You're right. Michelob Ultra just doesn't have flavor. Right. I'd rather just not it's have a beer. passively bad. I'll just have a water, you know? Right. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but number two, and you mentioned this, but it's on my list, the Montucky Cold Snack. It's bad. It's it bad. It tastes actively bad. bad. It, it, right. is, it is out to, uh, it's aggressive on your tongue in a bad way. But my number one and I'm still going to say it's my number one because I don't think your thing counted because it was not beer, it was mead. This is close enough, so, buddy. Yeah, so, so, but if you exclude that, which is not only the worst <laughs> alcoholic drink, but the worst anything of all time. <laughs> and I've eaten thousand-year-old fish in Iceland, which was awful, <laughs> but that was worse. Uh, but my number one uh, worst beer of all time is the Dos Equis Mexican Pale Ale. That's bad. That thing is that disgustingly bad. bad. That was bad. I forgot about that one. And I knew you brought one in. And, yes, I did, and and it was awful. I knew you brought one in, but I was thinking it was the um, the Corona Light that you brought in. Was it the Corona Light that you brought in? Uh, I think we had we had the Corona Light in the show before. Maybe yes. that I, I was I couldn't remember what it was. That but one the Dos Equis Mexican Pale Ale, bad. which is sounds like a great idea. It's not. Yes, it's no. just not. It's just not. All right. Talk to me about this uh, whiskey a little bit here again. You've so, already done a I've little doing, bit of sampling. I've been doing research on it. Um, I've been trying to get the smell of that uh, uh, of that meat. Ever out since of my I nostrils. went through and did the uh, fall guy part of opening the bottle and making sure that you know no one got harmed in the mm-hmm. process. And I appreciate that about you. This is the uh, Reservoir Distillery product of Virginia Hunter and Scott Bourbon whiskey. Oh, I just spilled some. Oh, at 45% alcohol, but I was holding this tilted, so I thought you said I no, spilled no, some. No, no, I spilled it. some. I, I got excited on. and spilled it out of my cup. Uh, Hunter and Scott bourbon whiskey is a blend of meticulously crafted American whiskeys, highlighting Reservoir's single grain whiskeys and the flavors of Virginia. So it's a blended whiskey, uh, blended bourbon, um, and it's got a pretty rich uh, nose to it, I think. So this is all made in, um, made all in Virginia, so this is a... Real deal distillery. So we had a great IPA from Virginia today. It's got cinnamon and brown sugar on the Mm -hmm. nose and some vanilla and very mineral watery kind of uh, thing. All four of those things are very present in the taste, too, what it brings to the palate. It's not the same mineral watery that you get in Texas, you know, because we're known for that mineral watery. But that would make sense, right? It's interesting because it's this is kind of a cinnamon bomb, cinnamon vanilla bomb, which I like. Uh, it's got a kind of a thin mouthfeel. Yes, even it's not being as thin. <clears throat> even being forty five percent or ninety proof, if you will. Um, it, it the the initial flavor on this initial flavor on this is a little thin in the very front of the palate. But it beefs up in the middle of the um, in the middle of the palate, with kind of a fuller flavor and a rounder profile, and then finishes off with just a little bit of bite mm-hmm. and that minerality. Uh, but there's kind of an apple crispness to the finish too that that's hard to peg, and a little bit of almost like maple syrup going on too. And then the retrohale is like cinnamon sticks, those little cinnamon toothpicks. You hot used to sticks, get. yeah, yeah, the hot sticks you used to get in that little. 
uh, uh, wax paper pouch. Yep. Yeah, yeah, that's that's what it reminds me of. I think it's quite good. Yeah, uh, it's, uh, this, it's really it's, delicious. It's fine. Um, <clears throat> I wonder how a little age would would sit on this. I don't know how. Uh... Well, it is a blend, so uh, you never know. I mean, uh, batch seventy one, bottle number three. It's a cool looking bottle. It's very. Very uh, serious and austere mm -hmm. yes, looking. Yes, it is very serious looking. You're right about that. Um, um, yeah, but I thought it was pretty good. It's a pretty color. Mm -hmm. Like you said, a very serious looking label. Yeah, this bottle. is uh, distilled, aged, and bottled by Reservoir Distillery, LLC. Um, no, Reservoir Distillery, LLC, Richmond, Virginia, and blended with bourbon distilled in Kentucky and Indiana. Oh, okay. So blended with... Uh, uh, some other bourbons interesting mm -hmm. i'm i'm enjoying it like yeah. I, I could see i could see this be a nice like sit down and enjoy something you know enjoy a quiet evening with it bourbon you know you know I, i'm surprised at how thin the mouthfeel is when it sticks to the glass because it's as oily as all get out yeah you you are right though it is a thinner mouthfeel than what i was expecting but that's not necessarily a bad thing no it's not it's not the more sips I take of this, and I'm taking tiny little, tiny little sips. The more sips I take of it, the more it kind of grows on me, and the more I start tasting those initial. Mm -hmm. There's almost a floral thing happening. Yes, at the very, very beginning of this now. Yeah, I can, I, I can enjoy this. Yeah, I find that sometimes, and this is a little bit higher proof, but sometimes. As much as I might enjoy tasting the higher proof, you know, the the uh, barrel strength, cast strength and things like that, um, sometimes I enjoy drinking a little lower proof more. You know, just, just if you're going to sit and have some for a while. It's called a cube of ice. So. Yeah, I, I realize this, but that but that's what I'm that's what I'm saying is like the experience can be more enjoyable over time sometimes if you're not just getting punched in the face with every uh with every sip. Are you disagreeing with me? Uh, I don't understand what you mean. <laughs> okay. You're going to have to dumb that one down for me. Uh, all I'm saying is that <clears throat> if you're going to sit and enjoy, you know, several glasses of bourbon, sometimes it's things like Elijah Craig or Buffalo Trace that that you can enjoy just because the proof is a little lower yeah. than those higher proof things, which are wonderful to taste for flavor and great for a little bit of sipping. But if you're going to be drinking over a period of time, sometimes I like the lower proof. It just feels like the overall experience is better. You get all the flavor. You get um, you get to enjoy it for a longer period of time. Well, you know what I'm so I don't know. I don't so know I'm with that, you on the ice cube. You can always. Well, do I don't it. make I don't make that much distinction because generally speaking, if I'm going to drink, like say for instance, me and you sit down with this bottle, mm -hmm. um, and we're going to sit down and have a few drinks in the evening. The first drink I'm going to have is probably neat. Or at least the first half of that drink will be neat. And then I'll put an ice cube in it. Mm -hmm. And I don't, like the big square ice cubes, they're pretty and they're cool. Mm -hmm. But I actually want a small chip of ice. I want something that will melt in. Right. Because I want to dilute the uh, whiskey a little bit. I want it to open up. I want to taste all those different flavors. I want to taste it cold. Mm -hmm. And then I want it to still be in my hand when that ice is gone and it's warming up again and taste those flavors while it's opened up, warmed up again. So... What, and then almost every drink that I have after that will have a chip or two of ice in it. Right, right. So it's going to dilute it down a little bit anyway. So I get what you're saying, but I generally, like the way I sit down and drink bourbon, I'm, I'm generally going to water it down just a little bit anyway. Got it, got it. I understand this, uh, but uh, 
but yeah, this strikes me as something I could enjoy having an evening with. Yeah. You know what I mean? That it's that kind of a of a flavor, even though it's a little bit higher proof, but not much. So anyway, it's pretty nice. Very good stuff. What do you say we do a little drinking news? I'm down with that. All right, I'm going to invite you to bring along your ukulele. We have our drinking news. Um, <clears throat> This will be uh, Drinking News Escapades today, so I am ready when you are. Drinking news, drinking news, now it's time for our drinking news. Drinking news, drinking news, now it's time for drinking news. A Florida man with one arm said he had a gator for a pet. When asked about his absent arm, he said, uh, I had to take my gator to the vet. Drinking news, drinking news. Now it's time for drinking news. Cheers, y'all. Well, welcome to Drinking News, my friends, where it is time for another Drinking News special report. Uh, a little something we like to call Drinking News Escapades. Uh, taken from blogs, diaries, tweets, and posts. These are stories of people who may have had just a little too much. Like a, speaking of speaking which, of which uh, and then shared their stories with all of us. <laughs> Here, you knocked your glass onto the floor. Thankfully, I had drained it, so there was. Let no, me get uh, you a new one. There was no, uh, there was no uh, liquor left in the glass. I noticed you're not uh, saying no, no, please don't. Uh, do that. Yeah, no, I couldn't really. <laughs> There's the story of at Foggy Dew who tweeted, <clears throat> "I came home overserved and showed my ID to my dad." At the front door of our house at 4 a.m., <laughs> thinking I was going into another bar. My dad was in full cop uniform, headed out the door to go to work for the police force. I got in, but I wasn't allowed out for a while. <laughs> That's a great story. Jesse on Twitter posted. That's funny. One time I got drunk with an old teacher from high school, and apparently at one point during the night, I raised my hand and asked if I could go to the bathroom. <laughs> That's a great story. That is a great story. <clears throat> That's a good one. Uh, Boss Lady 0888 has an interesting idea that clearly comes from experience. She posts, if you drink a bottle of wine before walking your dog, it kind of feels like he's helping you solve a crime. <laughs> nice. Mm. Maybe you're walking McGruff the crime. You know, uh, years ago, I lived in a Montrose and I had a dog and uh, I would walk the dog occasionally with a glass of whiskey in my hand mm -hmm. around the block. Didn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. Like, who cares? Right. <laughs> <clears throat> uh, Marcos was feeling a little embarrassed after tying one on and getting so drunk that he called his local pizza shop, a place called Mario's Pizza. And went on a rant about how it was so unfair that Luigi never got any credit and how everything is about Mario, even saying he has his own pizza shop. <laughs> That's pretty good. That's pretty good. You remember there was a video game called Pizza Time? I don't think I remember Pizza Time. Uh, I remember uh, sitting in a pizza shop playing Pizza Time. Oh, that's it was there's a something terrible weird about that. Some, there's something terrible. weird about It was like that. Joust. It was just an awful video game. Oh, yeah. Kind of the idea was neat. Joust was kind of a, an interesting idea. But it sort of played itself out pretty quick. Like, like how, playing that game was terrible. Yeah. It was an interesting idea. But a guy named Brock had an interesting drinking experience when he got hammered and decided to rename all the contacts in his phone with their individual spirit animals. <laughs> <laughs> he posted his story along with the question, 
Who the hell is Eternal Baby Chinchilla? <laughs> that's good. That's really good. I love that. That's fantastic. Uh, that may be my favorite so far. Uh, Betty posted this story. After a long day and night of drinking, I woke up in bed and went to grab my phone. It wasn't there, but there was a piece of toast in its place. After searching the house for my phone, I finally found it. It in was the in toaster. the microwave covered with melted cheese. <laughs> Oops. Well, what could be worse than that? <clears throat> Maybe this. Kristen Rose reports that she woke up after a night of drinking and discovered that she had texted everyone in her contacts list, inviting them to join her in forming a Nickelback cover band called Nacklebick. <laughs> Know when Knackle to say it. know when to say when, people, for the love of God. <laughs> so that's it for another episode of <sighs> Drinking Escapades, reporting live from the rehearsal space, where I've just about learned all the chords to "This Is How You Reprimand Me." Uh, my name is Cruz, and that is your drinking news. Drinking news. Now it's time for drinking news. Cheers, y'all. Now normally we do drinking news at the beginning of the segment, but. We got really thrown off by that terrible mead. <laughs> and and so it's actually more like the end of the segment here. And we'll be back in a moment. But I just have to say, I've been to Southern Star Brewery. I, I, I've drank their beers. They're wonderful. All of them. This is a great brewery. Yes. How did this it's happen? It's not just a good brewery. It's really, it's really, really, a great really great brewery. Yeah. yeah. How did this happen? I don't know. Their bombshell blonde is one of the best blonde ales I've ever had. What smelled like when they made that? Oh, my God. I know what this room smelled like when there were just two open containers of it sitting here. I have never seen you react like that it was it was visceral wasn't it, it? yes yeah. it was that was yeah. crazy it was it was unbelievable i'm just so glad that i actually took a sniff before that's why i said i drank what it. do you think of the way it smells oh and i at least thank you for that see this shows there is some <laughs> humanity left in you yes, sir not much but, yeah you know. not much but there is something uh still left wow all right well that is just thrown the sometimes things happen that throw the show just completely off course this was <laughs> this was one of those things uh so we will be uh oh we'll be back to taste one more beer one more beer sir yeah all right so we'll do that uh in our final segment and uh, this is smoking and toasting and it's i ain't it's giving Christmas. up on you don't it's give up christmas on christmas ale baby so I love we're that. excited about that we'll be right back at smoking and toasting Welcome back. It is Smoking and Toasting. Our program is all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. Don't forget mead. Uh, and, and mead. Yes, really awful mead. By the way, we didn't uh, didn't mention this earlier, but we do want to say thanks to our uh, special guest from the last show, uh, vintage spirits expert uh, Robin McAdams. Robin was a lot of fun to have on the show. He was a blast. He was. Uh, we just had so much fun, like uh, tasting those older spirits, and and it made me feel kind of I don't know, maybe feel kind of like I was a history buff for there. For I love time. how into it he is too, the story wise. Mm -hmm. He's mm -hmm. like so far into it, and the amount of time and effort that yeah. he puts into searching these spirits out. So, so speaking of time and effort, one thing I make. Uh, I take pains to do every holiday season, and the holidays are definitely upon us at this point, right? Every holiday season, I search out Anchor's Christmas Ale for the new year. And with uh, with the good fortune of the uh, of the beer uh, the beer spirits, 
Uh, they've guided me to it once again this year, and I'm excited to try it. I always love it. It's always different. Uh, but there hasn't been a year where I haven't thought yeah, it was like, terrific. Like St. Arnold has such an amazing Christmas sale. Oh, their Christmas sale, sale is great. I buy but it every Christmas year. Christmas sale is I've the same already, every year, and it's I've fantastic. Actually, yeah, I've actually already had some. I already had a six-pack. Uh, I have. It. I have as well. Um, and I like it very much. But you're right. It's the same It's um, the same Christmas sale every and, uh, year. And I love that for it. it. Yeah. And uh, and right up there with it, as we found with the blind taste test uh, last year, is uh, 11 Below's. Um, oh, yes, Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. offerings are so good. Uh, the Eureka Heights Christmas, uh, Christmas beers. <laughs> yes, we just too. had one of those. That was pretty good. Called, <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, tinsel that trousers. That was the tinsel trousers, yes. But, um, so, uh, but this one is kind of special. First of all, Anchor is one of the <clears throat> oldest craft breweries in America. Yep. And secondly, their attention to detail on their Christmas ale has always been spectacular. This is the 48th, um, you always have to twist the bottle a little. Oh, it really. goes across that whole center. So mm -hmm, hold on. Okay, mm -hmm. I was I was like, this is the forty eighth. This ale made with natural tree every year. Like it doesn't make yeah, any sense. Right. Hold on. Yeah, 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 hold on. Give me a second. I'm gonna spin. This is the forty eighth from um, uh, from our brewers at Anchor. Uh, this ale made with natural flavors features a new recipe and tree every year. But the intent with uh, which we offer it is the. Same joy and celebrations of the newness of life. Trees symbolize the winter solstice, uh, when the earth with its seasons appears born anew. Mary Ellen Pleasant planted blue gum trees in front of her San Francisco home in the 1800s. The home is long gone, but her landmark trees remain a living tribute to the mother of civil rights oh, in California. Cool. So the trick there is to actually pivot the entire thing. Yeah, and just yeah keep you just keep turning. You just keep turning the bottle. Yeah, I know it's very interesting, and I will just say I have loved this beer. We how many and, Christmases have we been doing this show? Is this like five tree, or six? Yeah, and by tree they're talking about the picture on the right, front. That's the always a tree. different tree. Mm -hmm. One of those trees that they're talking about there. So what's interesting to me is how consistent. Consistently good, this beer has been every year, and how different it has been every year. Yes, and it's it's always interesting, different. Some ideas, things, so. for example, like the uh, Goose Island Bourbon County Stout that comes out every year. It's not always that much different. It's always a little different. Yeah, it's always some that much different from the year before. This, no, this on the is other intentionally hand, different. Is this intentionally is a different, different, right? Right. This they, is a different uh, beer. Use a different year. recipe. So I'm very excited to. Nose-wise, it's very pleasant. It's not real big on the nose. It's it, very is, pleasant, it is a though. little holiday festive, though. It is, yeah. It's baking spice and a little fruitcake on the nose. Yep. Mm. Mm. I am so glad that I didn't drink your vile mead, sir, because it would have destroyed my palate for this It would this have probably beer. stuck with you. This is yeah. less sweet than anything that I think I've had from them. Mm -hmm. This is coffee bitter in a wonderful way yes it's also um very baking spice with a hint of sweetness in the background there's a little uh, there's, bit of 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 uh cocoa but it's a very uh, non-sweet right cocoa. and there's a touch on the finish just a touch of pie crust kind of mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um graham cracker sort of pie crust graham kind cracker. of yep. yeah mm -hmm. going on maybe not flaky kind of flowery yeah uh, not flour as in I'm amazed. Bloom. This is so not sweet compared to a lot of the other ones. It's very good. Mm -hmm. It's very good. There's a little hop. There's a little um, 
there's a little hop bitter in there that 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 evokes a little bit of pine tree, a little bit of the Christmas tree. And there's, I think. yeah, I was gonna say there's just a little bit of a Christmas tree vibe to it. Yeah, not, not pine as in pine cone like the IPA no, no, thing. No, no, no. But but more like a pine tree. Or a juniper, like that smell you get when you walk in. There's a fresh mm -hmm. Christmas tree, or... right? I don't get it so much on the nose, but I get it a little bit on the palate when you drink. No, and especially on the retro hail. There's also a mm -hmm. there's a there's a burnt caramel. Yes, and this on is the just, tail end of this. This, this is, is just wonderfully. Complex, this is though. Christmas cookies, is what it is. It's mm -hmm. Christmas cookies without a lot of the sweetness. Um, it's mm -hmm. pretty amazing, actually. Um, Always, always from these guys. They've been so consistent. What this is what our sixth or seventh Christmas, yeah. fifth or sixth at least. Like this, we've had this every year, and for the holidays on this show since we started, and it's been out of this world good every year. This might be one of my favorite ones though, in a lot really? of ways. Well, really? and I'll tell you why. It's very different from the previous years. <clears throat> I almost yeah. think I should start making sure yeah. we get one and set it back. So we can compare well, it to that last year. That may not years. be a bad idea. You think it would last through the year? You would be all right. You know, depending on what kind of beer that they decide to make. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's always a Christmas ale, so it's a possibility. But you know what? What might be even more worthwhile than that is making notes on it every year and seeing what the last year flavor profile was. I feel like this beer is a bit like the turtles that hatch and have to make their way to the ocean. You know, if this is sitting in my house. Being saved for next Christmas, that's going to be tough. Will it make it all the way to the ocean? Your wife's going to have to hover over it. Yeah, she is. She's going to have to protect it with She's a whip. Going to have to be a helicopter mom <laughs> over the beer, <laughs> a beer copter mom. <laughs> uh, I got to tell you, this is really, really good. It's the, really, really the full graham flavor. cracker crust thing on on the end. And as as I'm sitting here just talking and not sipping, the graham cracker crust. Uh, uh, aftertaste really really sticks with you and it's so good but it's not sweet and sticky it's just a just a hint of that kind of thing i like the way it says our special ale ale with natural flavors it's 12 fluid ounces and 7.2 percent alcohol by volume and it shows the blue gum tree and i just i just can't help but love this beer yeah it's so i love good. it it's fabulous. What a way to end some. the show, huh? Yeah, man. Yeah, a nice little, uh, nice little coda, especially after that horrible detour that we took <laughs> <laughs> earlier in the program. That Why was do really I something. always bring the bad. That was stuff. really something, Ian. I got to, I got to tell you. you I just, uh, I want to share my experiences with you. You are an agent of change. That's what you are. <laughs> You're an agent of change. I uh, want to thank you guys for being with us here through the holiday season. Our uh, uh, plans got shifted around a little bit. We were supposed to have done this already. In fact, it would have been this week's show. But instead, it's going to be next week's show. Ooh. One of our very favorite guests in the world, Greg Doxakis. Dox I love that guy. Will join us uh, from Plantation Rum and Pierre uh, uh, Ferrand. We'll look forward to having him on the program with us. It's going to be great. And then the following week, guess who's back? You're our back wine again? expert, Mark Burrell, will be here to do wines for the holidays for us. Uh, Mark and is so he's fun. He's so great. He's so much fun. And he always brings great wines. I was wines. totally about to go into an M&M thing, but then you brought up Mark Burrell, and yeah. it's hard to like, go hard anywhere to else. Yeah, I, I understand. Uh, we will probably take the week off the uh, the week uh, after Christmas rather than the week before. So our Christmas show will be that Christmas comes on like a Sunday this year. Yeah. So our Christmas show will be the week before. 
and then we'll take the uh, Christmas week off just to uh, uh, enjoy the holiday with family and stuff like that. And I'll be out of town for a little bit. But we're looking forward to lots of great fun as we get ready for the holidays. And uh, we'll be doing some more holiday beers, I'm sure. And uh, hopefully. And, uh, and, and watch for like special posts that I may put up, you know, oh, yeah. during the holidays. I, uh, Ian's kind of like an advent calendar. He opens up different things on different days, <laughs> enjoys them, and sometimes we'll share them with the world. So uh, thank you guys for being a part of Smoking and Toast. And we appreciate you. Uh, we appreciate, uh, it, you know, I'm even sending a shout out to Southern Star, who I love. Rethink that mead. It's not good. Uh, it's just, it's no love you guys. Have a great weekend. Uh, cheers, y'all. <laughs> cheers, y'all. Yeah, you never lose to one of